All right. So how many of you in some time in your life have had somebody that's either been a mentor or someone who's spoken influence on your life or somebody who's given you advice? Anybody? Probably all of us, right? In some shape or form. And in my life, I had two influences that used to get me to do all kinds of idiotic and ignorant and, and really dumb things called brothers. And one story in particular that they spoke influence on my life was we had just gotten a treadmill. Um, our family had bought a treadmill. So, and if you've seen treadmill fails before, uh, this story ends with like one of those spot on treadmill uh, fails that you see in those videos. Um, and we had just gotten this treadmill and my brothers thought it'd be a good idea to bump it up as fast as it could go and see how long that they could um, last while going on the highest speed. And then after they had done that and we had some laughs, they looked at me. I'm like nine years old at the time. So I'm, I, I mean, as short as I am now, I was much shorter when I was nine. And they thought it was a good idea, more or less, to give them some laughs for me to get on and so this treadmill that's already going so fast that adult legs go faster than Usain Bolt, they try to get me to go on. I'm like, no, this is ridiculous. Obviously, I'm not going to get on this treadmill. You guys can barely last on it. Why would I get on it? And just to eventually shut my brothers up, I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll get on this. This way, they're quiet. This way, uh, all this nonsense will stop. And, and I jump on. I probably last three steps, and I fall. And I start doing like barrel rolls because my brothers are laughing so hard. They refuse to turn off the treadmill and help me off. So I'm just doing like barrel rolls on this treadmill. And I end up getting some burns on like my hands and stuff because of the belt that kept going. And I finally like somehow escaped that treacherous moment while it provided a lot of laughs. And I, I laugh today about it because it is a pretty good story. But my brothers, in that moment, got me to do something really stupid. But they spoke, ultimately, influence on my life. And today, we're going to be looking at the Holy Spirit um, and how he gives us influence and gives us power. And if, if you've been with us over the past few weeks, um, you know we've been in a series called Belief. And um, I think I have the description um, about kind of like the series on here, maybe not, but it's ultimately, yes, what we believe shapes our attitudes and our actions. And I found it fitting that we continue the tradition of reading the Apostles' Creed all together. So if you would like to join me in it, um, we'll go ahead and read it. So I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right. So in week one, um, we looked at how God is the creator and ruler over all of existence. And two weeks ago, we looked at how Jesus is truly God in the flesh. And last week, we saw how Jesus took our sin and so that when he comes back, we don't have to fear judgment um, in our comeback story. And this week in that, um, we're going to be looking at, I believe, in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, but mainly focusing in on the Holy Spirit. And you might be wondering, what, what exactly is the Holy Spirit? I know he's part of the Trinity of God, the Father, the Son, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, but what, what exactly is the Holy Spirit? And ultimately, it's God's way of putting himself in us and putting a little bit of himself in us that leads us and guides us in our everyday life. And my hope is today that you're encouraged to live by the power that the Holy Spirit gives us. So if you, if you have your Bibles or your phone, uh, we're going to be in John 16, verse 5. All right, so Jesus is saying in this moment um, to the disciples, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit, won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in, in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. There's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Holy Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. All right, so the question that I see in this is what exactly does the Spirit do? What exactly does the Spirit do? And ultimately, the Holy Spirit gives us power. And if we look back um, at verses 13 through 15, um, Jesus is saying in those moments, let me turn back. He's saying, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own will, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives me. So ultimately, as our guide and as our leader, the Holy Spirit gives us power. And we're going to look at four ways that the Spirit 
um, gives us power. And the first way the Holy Spirit gives us power is through the, the power of salvation. So if you've, if you've kind of wondered what this word salvation means, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really know what it meant um, until this past week. So admittance of myself and not really known. I've always heard the word salvation, and I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's the way we, we get to heaven. But I'm just going to be honest with you, and sometimes I'm incompetent with some, some words, and I'm still learning. But this word salvation ultimately means deliverance from ruin and harm. And the Holy Spirit gives us the power of deliverance um, from, from this world and to, to living for, for heavenly things. And each of us is made new through this new identity that the Holy Spirit gives us. And uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. So through the spirit of salvation, we are given a new life, a new identity, a new self. When we accept Christ and receive this spirit, he gives us newness, a newness that when, we, we, uh, when you're baptized, the symbolism is you're, you're dead to your old self and raised to new life. And that's because through Jesus and through the power of the Spirit, we have that power of salvation. And our spirit is joined with God in those moments. Romans 8.16 um, says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So in this we ultimately become God's children. And there's so much in the Bible that talks about how God adopts us into his family. God um, makes us into his kingdom, creates us, and long before our parents had even thought of us, has adopted us into his family. There was a girl who lived in a, a family of her mom, and then her mom had four daughters, so this girl was one of those daughters. And she, her mom, really struggled with, with drugs and alcohol and ended up, their kids were in and out of, of foster care. And then she, she just ended up, she just couldn't handle the stresses of trying to take care of these children. So two of the little girls ended up living with this mom's parents. And the, the mom's parents ended up adopting them. So the, these parents had adopted, the, or these grandparents had adopted their grandchildren as their own. And this, one of the little girls, um, believe it or not, actually competed in this past Olympics and ended up winning one bronze and four golds. And her name was Simone Biles. How many of you have heard of Simone Biles before? Yeah? All right. So Simone Biles, through her grandparents, when she was adopted, was given a new identity. She was given a new life. And if you've seen her story, she's, she's a really amazing person and a really amazing believer that's doing great things for the kingdom um, on and off of what, what she's doing in gymnastics. And... And uh, in the similar sense, that's what's happening with us. God gives us a new identity. The Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation through that. So the first thing, God gives us the power of salvation. The second thing, the Holy Spirit 
gives us the power to walk in God's will. The Holy Spirit will guide and lead us to follow the will that God has set for us. And check this out. In in, uh, John 14, 26, he says, But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. So the Holy Spirit teaches us and he reminds us of where we're going. And one of those things that, that I really think back on in my life is, is when, I, when I came to New Heights. Um, really, even before we had even interviewed, you know, we, we both really felt, felt the Spirit, Caitlin and I felt the Spirit, you know, really, really putting us in, in, in here at New Heights. And, and as we continued to talk with some of our, our family members and some of the people who, who are leaders in our life, it, it just seemed like, you know, as long as everything went well, um, we, would, we really felt like God was calling us here. But the second part that I really think is interesting is the reminding part. He constantly reminds us that we're walking in his will. And, and one of those, those times um, since, since we've been here, it was probably, I think it was, it was within the first month, I'm pretty sure, and it was part of my baptism by fire ceremony. Um, if, if you don't know, my first week was, was pretty crazy, and um, we, we call it the baptism by fire week. But, but to close that baptism by fire out, um, I remember there was a funeral that had been here and um, Ryan had been, been away. I think, I can't remember what he was doing, but Brenda and B had come to my office and said, uh, there, there's a funeral dinner back there and we needed somebody to pray. Would you be willing to do so? I was like, sure. <laughs> I, I didn't know how to respond because that was the first time something like that had happened in my life. So I was like, um, okay. So I walked back there. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say because I looked out and I see these people are all broken and all really grieved of what had just happened and losing a family member. And I had no idea what to say, no idea what to do. I don't even remember what I prayed, but I just spoke with, with the words that, that God was, was putting on me. But I remember walking back and after I got through the double doors coming back to my office, I really felt the Spirit just, just speaking through me and said, this is why you're here. This is why I planted you in Connorsville. And in my office, I, I cried for a little bit because I knew it was true. And I knew that Jesus was putting us here for a reason. The Holy Spirit will remind you when you walk in his will, when days are tough, when times, when you're just confused, like, why, God? Why is this happening in my life? He'll eventually remind you, this is what's going on. This is why you're here. This is where I'm leading you. How many, how, if we could have our foster families, um, if you've ever fostered a child or adopted a child, could, could you stand up? Is that Okay. We don't want to put you on the spot, but I also want to celebrate you guys. So could we give these, these folks a round of applause, please? 
Yeah. And I'm sure if, if you're kind of questioning about that reminding thing, they, there are people that can tell you, like, he'll, he'll remind you. And in the process of going through this and wondering, is God calling us to foster? Is God calling us to adopt? They could, they could tell you um, how they process that and, and how wise counsel is a big thing in determining what, what the Spirit is saying in your lives. Wise counsel helps you. Like, if you're kind of confused, like, like what, I think God might be saying this, but I don't know if it's actually a Spirit or if it's me just wanting to influence myself. Um, seek wise counsel. I remember... Um, one guy had told me, if, if you think something is from the Spirit, call like five of your best friends that have your best interest at heart and have them pray for you. Pray specifically for that. God, are you calling Ben to this? And then, then they can put their input in on you. And many times when it is of the Spirit, everybody will agree and, and you'll know in that moment that, that that's, that's what God's calling us to. And... Um, we also need to be very careful, like I said, you know, we also can influence ourselves. And Francis Chan said this quote in his book, Forgotten God, there have been many times when I've tried to lead the Holy Spirit. I've wanted to direct him and tell him what to do and when to do it. The irony is that the Holy Spirit was given to direct us. By definition, it's ridiculous to desire the Holy Spirit for our own purposes. The Spirit is not a passive power that we can wield as we choose. The Spirit is God, a being who requires that we submit ourselves to be led by Him. That's a super strong quote right there. And it's kind of backwards for us to try and lead the Spirit, right? Because the Spirit's supposed to be leading us. The Spirit is supposed to be guiding us. As, you know, the, the verse had said, the, the, Jesus uses the word advocate for the Holy Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit gives us advice and leads us in, in, our, in our lives. And we're not supposed to be trying to lead the Spirit because that's not what the Spirit does. And when we walk in the, the, in the power that the Spirit gives us in, in uh, walking in God's will, we're listening to the Holy Spirit. We're not trying to lead it. We listen to what the Spirit's calling on our lives. We're, we're seeking that wise counsel that'll help us to determine what the Spirit is leading on our lives. All right, so the Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation. The Spirit gives us the power to walk in God's will. And the next thing is God gives us the power to live a holy life. The Holy Spirit gives us all of us the power to live a holy life, a life that produces fruit. And Galatians 5, through 23 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. I, th I thought it would be fitting to go through and try to really summarize down um, these, these fruits um, because I think they're really important for us to understand that, that the Holy Spirit teaches us all of these fruits and it helps us to live a holy life. So the first one, love, this love is like an agape love. And this is going to be um, a really hard thing to do. But think of something that's really, that you see is unforgivable. Just for a moment, think of something that's unforgivable. 
that someone could do to you. This love means that you love that person through it and you forgive them for what they have done. It's a sacrificial love and a hard love to do, but you're willing to do it even if they don't love you back. That's what God's done for us. He has an agape love on us. He loves all of us tremendously. And he doesn't know if we're going to always give that love back, but he loves us anyways. He loves us an immense amount to, to send his son to die ultimately for us so that we could be saved. He sends his spirit in us to be led. So this love is an agape love, a love that, that there's no other love like it, a love that regardless, you're going you're gonna to love that person even if they don't love you back. The next one is joy. Next fruit, joy. And that's remaining in joy while suffering. So joy that you can remain in through whatever you're going through. Paul and Silas in, in the, the book of Acts, they, they were singing hymns even though they were in jail. They were praising God even though they were in jail. So it's a joy we can remain in even while we're suffering. The next one is peace. And this, this feeling um, of, of peace that goes past calm and settled. So the spirit leads us to, or teaches us to have this peace that goes past just calm and settled. And, and I don't really know how to describe this a whole lot, but you know this peace um, when, when you walk um, in God's will. This peace that's, that's incredible, that, that you just feel that comes over your life. And you're just like, you can just breathe in and just breathe out and just, just love the moment that you're in. It's a peace that has no greater peaceful feeling. And the Spirit teaches us how to have that peace, how to live in that. And the next one is patience, enduring the trials of your life. And in some translations, this word is called long-suffering. And this quote by Martin Luther says, Long-suffering is that quality which enables a person to bear adversity, injury, reproach, and makes them patient to wait for the improvement of those who have done him wrong. When the devil finds that he cannot overcome certain persons by force, he tries to overcome them in the long run. To withstand his continued assaults, we must be long-suffering and patiently wait for the devil to get tired of his game. So we keep having this patience regardless of what's going on in our lives. This patience to, even though the devil might continue to be trying to drag me down, I can have this patience that in the long run, I'm going to win. The Holy Spirit teaches us to have that, that patience or that long suffering to be in the long haul of our, our journey with God. And the next one, the next fruits, I have them both together, kindness and goodness. And, and what, what I mean by being good all the time is not just behavioral-wise. Yes, behavioral-wise is, be, is, is very good to be kind and, and good, but also with your actions. It's being willing to do good things and kind things all the time. And, and I have this quote by Ryan Leake that says, we don't need to do random acts of kindness. We need to do intentional acts of kindness. To me, that was, that's a really powerful quote. Do we do things just 
just because they're, you know, we're doing random acts of kindness just to make us feel good? Or are we doing it because it's intentional? I'm not going to lie. I've done things to make myself feel good before. Yes, it might help a person, but it's not an intentional, intentionally for goodness and kindness. And we need to be willing to do things out of intentionality, that kindness and goodness out of, intention, out of our intentionality. And I remember I had told the teens this story um, a little bit a few weeks ago of this time when this guy didn't have enough to pay for his groceries. And I was in college at the time, so I was just like, uh, I could really use the money to be able to you know, use for, for other things that I want to do. But I really felt the spirit telling me, you need to help this guy out. And I, I did because I knew it was an intentional thing that might lead this person to Jesus. And all of us, we're going to have moments in our lives that we need to do intentional acts of kindness versus um, random acts of kindness. Be intentional about your goodness. What's, what's one way you could be intentional this week? Intentional to somebody. All right, next one, faithfulness. And that's being faithful to the call Jesus has on our lives. We need to be faithful to live in that calling that Jesus has for all of us, to live in that calling that God has for all of us. And, and not just right now for <clears throat> the short amount of time, but for the long haul. Um, going your whole life, once you've given it to Christ, to being faithful to that call that Jesus has on you. Next one, gentleness. And that's being teachable. And it's not thinking you know everything. You don't have that attitude where, where you're like, oh, I know everything. You're below me. You're, you're in my kingdom. No, it's not that at all. It's being teachable in every moment. And, and one of the things when, when I got into ministry and learning leadership was leaders are learners. We, we all need to be learning, and we all need to stay teachable. We all have things to learn in life, um, and we all need to, to have that gentleness so that we can continue to learn, continue to see where God's leading us and teaching us. Um, the next one, the last fruit, is self-control. We all have temptations in life. We all have things that the, 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 the enemy's trying to drag us down with. And the, the Spirit teaches us to have that self-control, to be able to fight off what that temptation is. Um, I've told many times about um, driving and how it's hard for me to have self-control in moments of driving. And when, when the road construction was happening on 44 from, from Glenwood all the way to like the middle of town, oh man, that was... That was a hard moment to, to keep self-control. And I'm not going to lie, I, 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 I was not too happy. And I let the anger get the best of me. And, and I always tr tell Caitlin, I'm just going to stay thankful. I'm just going to stay thankful. I'm just going to stay thankful. And I am, because they didn't have to do that. They didn't have to put that down right there. And, and I'm really trying to teach myself to have self-control um, over moments like that to see the good that that, that does produce. Because now we do have a new 
section of road that we get to use. So learning to have self-control even, even in our temptations to, to drag us down in sin. All right, so we have um, the first thing. The Holy Spirit gives us the power of salvation. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to walk in God's will. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to live a holy life. And the fourth thing, the Holy Spirit gives us the power to make a difference with spiritual gifts. All right, Romans 12, 6 through 8 says this. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, uh, and maybe you hear those and you might know what your gifts specifically are, um, but I want to encourage you today to go home um, and take a test online that really shows you what your gifts are. There's so many tests out there that um, can show you um, what your spiritual gifts are and uh, that, that help you to be able to um, determine, you know, where, where are my passions? Where am I led to lead? Um, and, and God will show that to you. And for me personally, um, one of my gifts is leadership. And, and I, I love leadership. I love getting to uh, come behind a vision and be able to, to lead others in that vision to be able to, to help others rally together for a cause and be able to develop them and be able to, to grow in their calling. Um, another one of mine is teaching. I love to be able to, to teach others about Jesus. And, and not just you know, in a group gathering, but I also love to sit down with people one-on-one -on -one and just, just talk to them about Jesus and, and help them um, do a devotion with them to teach them um, about Jesus. And... Uh, maybe for you, you might have the gift of encouragement, and you might want to. You might love to encourage others, and um, I encourage you to do that. Um, tell others what you see in them. Maybe, maybe you see a gift in somebody else, and you can let them know what that gift is. Um, many times, people may not know what their gift is until somebody tells them, and they're just like, "Oh yeah, that that makes sense. I'm glad you told me that." But we all have certain gifts that we get to use for, for God's kingdom. And could you imagine what our nation would look like, what, what our, our city alone would look like if we just use our spiritual gifts alone? Could you imagine that impact that could happen in Connersville if we all rallied together and used our spiritual gifts to make an impact? I think we would see a huge difference in our city. And a lot of great things are happening, but there's so much more that can happen. So much more that God can use us for. And as the, the worship team starts to come up, I want to encourage you guys through this message that the Holy Spirit gives us power. An incredible power to do things that we never saw ourselves doing before. Many times it's something that you're not going to like to do and it's going to push you out of your comfort zone and it's going to be uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. But what I do know is in those moments when we let the Spirit lead us, we ended up doing incredible things for the kingdom, things we would have never thought possible. And it's unbelievable. And maybe today for you, you need to come to know Jesus for the very first time. Or maybe for you today, you're just feeling drained. And somebody 
else can pray with you. We would love to pray with you. Or maybe for you today, you just need to, to get out of your seat and see somebody that you see a special gift in that they might not see in themselves. You need to let them know that you, I really see that you have the gift of grace, that you have the gift of encouragement. And I encourage you to do that today. Because think about it, guys. Our nation can be incredibly changed, and our city can be incredibly changed when, when we use these things that the Spirit teaches, teaches us. When we let the power of the Spirit to lead us and guide us. And I challenge you with this last, last question. Through this week, how are you going to let the Spirit, power of the Spirit lead you? How are you going to let the power of the Spirit lead you this week? How are you going to let the power of the Spirit lead you this week? Think about that every day. How am I going to let the power of the Spirit lead me this week? Jesus, thank you that we get to gather in your name. And I just pray, God, that all of us, that we really seek that question out. How am I going to let the power of the Spirit lead me this week? Because we know that you, can, that you use the most broken of the broken to do some of the most incredible things, God. And I just pray, Jesus, that today and that through on out all of our lives, that we really let your power, let your spirit guide us and lead us to do some incredible things for your cause. And so in your name we pray. Amen.